You know, that fire in the house is not talking about the earthly building. You know that, don't you? Do you know your, if you're a Christian, your body is the house. Temple of the Holy Ghost, amen? Is there fire in your house? Oh my. John 16, verse 33 to start off with. And it says this, These things I have spoken to you, Jesus said, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now go to 1 John. 1 John. Notice that. He, he says, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. That's not an oxymoron there. You know what I'm saying? Tribulation. We can still have good cheer in the midst of tribulation. We're all learning that one, aren't we? All right. 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, or the Son of God, the Anointed One, sent by our Heavenly Father, is born of God. Is born of God. And everyone who loves Him, who begot, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God. How many of you heard the... the the phrase love of God get thrown around a lot. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. There's a life lesson right there, amen? For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Not just a prophet, not just a good man, but a God-man. The Son of God. Amen? Amen. Now, when Jesus walked this earth over 2,000 years ago, he overcame the temptations of the world, sin, and the devil. You agree with that? You better, or you're not a Christian, right? Come on, somebody. Jesus was sinless. He didn't give in to the temptations. Now, when we talk about the world, we are not talking about the earth. We're not talking about God's creation. Are you hearing me? But rather, we are talking about the world system that Satan is, has control over this earth. The world system. Say world system. All right, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. So we're not talking about his creation. Satan, are you hearing me? We're talking about this evil world system that is around us, that God has no part of. You hearing me? I mean, all you have to do is turn on the television or have a secular job to notice that there is a world system that is totally anti-Christ and anti-Bible. Hello, somebody. And now that system I'm talking about is controlled by our spiritual enemy, Satan. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, calls Satan the God of this world. 
Now, if you look that up in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it's a small g. Do you know that the, the term God is a really a generic term? Someone says, oh, I believe in God. I mean, you even heard some of the people like at the MTV Music Awards, you know, you know they're Satan worshipers, you know? And they say, I want to thank God. Well, they're not thanking the God of the Bible. Are you hearing me? Someone, someone hearing me out there today? So that's why when someone says, oh, I believe in God and there's no proof, there's no evidence in their lifestyle, no fruit. That's why you, you always bring it back to Jesus Christ. Well, how do you feel about Jesus Christ? Well, I, Ozzy Osbourne said this. He goes, I believe in God, but it's Jesus Christ I have a problem with. Are you hearing me? So don't just take, if someone says, I believe in God. No, bring it down to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is God. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Will you do that? The Greek word translated, tribulation, in John 16, that we read, literally means this. To be squeezed, compressed, or to have pressure on. Now, is there anyone in here except for me that's been feeling like a stinking orange for a while here? <laughs> Getting squeezed. The pressure's on. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Spiritual warfare. There's some tribulation happening in my life. And I'm going to venture out to say that if anyone who's living godly, it's going to happen in your life too. Amen? Yeah. But to be squeezed, compressed. Or to have pressure on. Romans 12.2 says that we as Christians are not to be conformed to the world. Or to the world system. You know what the word conform means? Don't be squeezed into the mold. Don't be squeezed into the mold of this world system. Don't, don't fit or get squeezed into the mold of this world system. Don't let the pressure that the world puts on you shape your life. It better be the word of God that shapes your life and not this world system. All right? That's why, parents, we have, to be, we have to be careful of what our children are watching on TV. Right? Are you setting apart time telling them to, you know, read the word, study the word, talking to them about Jesus? Because, listen, parents, as long as your children are living under your, your roof... God holds you accountable for their spiritual life. There is a chain of command in God's kingdom. You know what I'm saying? There is a spiritual authority. Say spiritual authority. And so we got to take this very seriously as parents. All right? But spiritually speaking, there are two roads that you can travel on on this earth. Jesus described one road as a wide road, which is the world's way. Remember him talking about that? And he said, many are traveling on that road, and that road leads to hell and destruction. It's a wide road. Say wide road. The other is God's way, which Jesus described as the narrow road. The road that leads to everlasting life. You know what that tells me? That tells me the wide road in this world system is going to be the most popular thing to do. And in this world system, 
The narrow road is going to be the thing that is going to cause some hardship in your life if you're going to choose to live godly for the Lord. Are you hearing me? First John 5 said that our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will allow us to overcome this world system that is run by Satan. Why Now why will our faith as a Christian? Why will our faith as a Christian allow us to overcome the world? You want to know why? Because it takes faith to believe that obeying God's word is more beneficial for you than to enjoy the short-term pleasures of this earth. Oh, let me say it again. Hold on now. Now, wake up, everyone. You too online. I see you snoozing over there, all right? (laughs) Why will our faith as a Christian allow us to overcome this world? Because it takes faith to believe that obeying God's word is more profitable, more beneficial than for you to enjoy the short-term pleasure of sin on this earth. And, and that's, this is why you got so many people who are looking at drugs, sex, el- you know, alcohol, all these things. They're trying to fill this void. Are you hearing me? And that void can only be filled by the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you knew this or not, but sin is deceiving. Sin is deceiving. The Bible says that there is pleasure in sin for a season. For a season. It is temporary pleasure which will lead to death. And really is separation from God. Separation from God is spiritual death. Alright? God cannot bless sin. He just cannot. He's a just, he's a holy God. He won't bend the rules for one person. Are you hearing me? He's a God of justice. Alright? So faith, our faith in the word of God, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ allows us to see past. The deception of sin. Now, here's the deal. Faith in the word of God is always in connection with works. Faith without works, James 2.20 says, faith without works is dead. What does that mean? You can't earn your salvation. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if you truly have a heart change and you truly have faith in the word of God and in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to be some fruit to back up that heart change. Are you following me? So don't, don't jump off the bandwagon with me and say, oh, Pastor James says that by works you're saved. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is if you're saved, there's going to be some good works to follow. Amen. And by the way, without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ doing some good works, helping the poor and all that, you know what that's called? Dead works. So the only thing that makes this thing alive is your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. See, the Bible, the Bible says that the devil believes in God. Amen. He was in heaven. Lucifer was in heaven. He was a worship leader, if you will, an archangel in heaven. He knows who God is. He believes in his existence, obviously. Right? But there's not one bit of obedience in him toward God. Are you following me? Because listen, faith is a verb in God's vocabulary, in in God's dictionary. 
Faith is an action word. That's what a verb is, by the way, if you forgot after all these years. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have an English teacher back there. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so faith is a verb in God's dictionary. You see, one, one piece of evidence for the Christian to show that you are walking in the Spirit opposed to walking in your fleshly desires, is that you put more value on spiritual things than on earthly things that will fade away. Are you hearing me? Like I said before, all of my mom's earthly stuff is left behind. She's in heaven. All of her stuff, all of her clothes, everything. Left in the closet, everything. Any money she had in her purse, guess what? It's still in her purse. We need to value spiritual things higher than earthly things that will just fade away. Psalm seventeen fifteen in the Living Bible says this. It says, but as for me, my contentment is not in wealth, but in seeing you and knowing all is well between us. Oh. Isn't that powerful? Let me say that again. This is the Living Bible, Psalm seventeen fifteen, the first part of it. It says, but as for me, my contentment is not in wealth or earthly riches, you could say, but in seeing you, knowing you. And knowing all is well between us. That needs to be your priority on this earth. That needs to be my priority on this earth. Making sure that all is well between me and my heavenly father. And if you're doing that and you're maintaining that, friend, you are rich. You are spiritually rich. Are you hearing me, somebody? See, you will overcome the world by staying spiritually minded on things above and not on things on the earth. Colossians 3. Go there with me. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. I love this. It says this. If then you were raised with Christ, what's that talking about? If you have been born again, if you have put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the finished work on the, through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's why it says if. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind, your affections, your emotions, everything you have. On things above and not on things on the earth. Oh, listen, how Satan and demon spirits love to put fleshly and earthly bait in front of us to spiritually throw us off course. Have you found that out yet? They they just love doing that, don't they? So what they want us to do is, they want us to take our eyes off of Jesus I, our eyes off the word of God, and they want us to find, or attempt, attempt to find contentment in wealth and worldly riches and things that will fade away. 
Don't fall into the trap of the devil by counting the riches of earth greater than the riches of heaven. Think about this. In fact, this is one of the reasons I believe that the early church in the book of Acts, why they walked in such power. They could care less about earthly things. Their focus was on the Lord Jesus Christ, on the word of God and fulfilling his will. 100% sold out. So the word of God gives us Christians very clear warnings about putting earthly things before spiritual things. Go to 1 John 2. Way at the end. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. How many of you needed to hear this today? Amen. We can't hear this enough. We need to refocus. We need to refocus. So many things come against us in our daily lives that just bring, try to bring discouragement. Right? 1 John 2, 15 through 17. It says this, Do not love the world or the world system. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow. Now listen, this is written to Christians. Do you understand that, don't you? This is written to Christians. An unbeliever, a sinner, they're, they're a child of the devil. They're full of the world. They're full of the devil's stuff. This is a warning. This is a shout out from heaven. To Christians. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Oh, I have a real big house. The pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world or this world system in which we live. And the world is passing away. They don't know it. They don't know it. But everything they're storing up apart from Jesus Christ in their life. The world is passing away. And the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Isn't that beautiful? First John 2.16 said... That all that's in the world or this world system is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father. Say that with me. It's not of the Father. It's of the world. Yes, we need things to live on this earth. What I'm talking about is don't set your affection on them. Set them on the, on, on the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? This is why the Word of God calls us as Christians pilgrims, foreigners on this earth. That's why. We are in the world, the Bible says, but we're not supposed to be of it or partaking of the evil world system or being a partner with them with those sinful desires. Amen? That's why you guys remember that song that this is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Huh? We're pilgrims, we're foreigners. We, we really, we don't belong here. 
So many Christians are trying to set up camp here. This is not our home. We're just a passing through. But hopefully, that while we are passing through, we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the lost. Are you hearing me? That's why when you got saved, you just weren't beamed up, Scotty. Because there's work to be done. There's work to be done. And that is why Satan and evil spirits are trying to throw us off course. Because they don't want us to share Jesus with anybody. They want to get us all wrapped up in worldly things. They want us to to be so filled with selfishness that we will forget that there's someone right now, right now, around the world. Someone's going to hell right now. Someone took their last breath somewhere, some hospital, some house. Someone is taking their last breath right now. And they're entering the pits of hell. They want us to lose track of that fact. And that's why it's sad to me that we only have five people, five, six people showing up to evangelism night on Friday nights. Are you hearing me? Now, it's a slap in God's face, spiritually speaking, when we as Christians partake in worldly practices that Satan, by the way, is the leader of. Go to James 4. This is New Testament. Say New Testament. Man, oh man, New Testament. Say after the cross. (laughs) I'm reading New Testament to you. All right. James 4, 1 through 4. Many of you know this passage. Some don't. Maybe some listening on the radio, watching online. Someone here. Never heard this. Now listen to this. The strong words of this. It says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure? That war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures say motive say what's my motive verse four look at this adulterers and adulteresses do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with god whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of god someone says yeah but how are we supposed to reach the world for jesus christ Someone might say, but Jesus ate with sinners, right? Well, obviously, this isn't talking about that, because if this was the case, Jesus would have been sinning. Right. Are you hearing me? What, so what was the difference then? Jesus was with individuals in the world with the motive of bringing them to himself. Right. Not to be a partaker. Are you hearing me? Not just to go out to the strip club and have a good time. Are you hearing me, somebody? Our motive needs to be leading them to Christ, not partaking of their worldly deeds. Amen. 
right? Now, so it says, uh, you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. This is interesting. Again, this is talking about believers who are motivated by this world system. They're motivated by their fleshly desires instead of being motivated by the Holy Spirit and God's word. Think about this now. Now listen to this. An adulterer or an adulteress is an individual that has broken their vow or covenant to the one they are joined to. You agree with that? Now we need to think of these, of these verses when we turn on the TV. We need to think of these verses when we go to the movie theater. Are you hearing me, somebody? Movies that glorify witchcraft, sex, murder, violence, blasphemies against God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. And he said you will either hate one and you will love the other. Did he not say that? So then, how do you demonstrate your love toward God or your love toward Satan? Jesus said your obedience will determine your love. And your disobedience will determine your hate. Did you follow me on that? Love determines your obedience. Your obedience determines your love. And your disobedience determines who you hate. If you will be a friend of the world as a Christian, according to James 4.4, you're declaring yourself. You're declaring yourself as an enemy of God. And again, that verse was written to Christians. Now, listen, you can only break covenant with God if you are in covenant with him. Right? If there's no covenant there, there's no covenant to break. Are you hearing me? A sinner or an unbeliever cannot be a spiritual adulterer because they were not in co- never in covenant with God in the first place. This is serious stuff, people. Amen? James one twenty seven says to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Say unspotted. It is interesting that the Bible identifies this world system with spots. Because the filth, of, the filth that this world has to offer is like cancer spots. Think about it. Come on, somebody. You may partake in what you may seem to be harmless entertainment, but it's just a small cancerous spot that will grow. And it will eat away at your spiritual life. Think about it. And it must be stopped. Cancer, it must be stopped, it must be killed, it must be rooted out. Every plant, which my heavenly Father has not planted, shall be rooted up, Jesus said. Worldly spots. Think about this. Now, go to Luke 12. Luke 12. You still love me? All right. Um, That makes me feel better. Now... Luke 12, Luke 12, 13 through 15. Serious message, tight, but it's right. Okay, Luke 12, 13 through 15. Then one from the crowd said to him, to Jesus, Teacher, 
Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Oh, man. Well, that's a big one in this world today, isn't it? I hear a lot of stories when families start to get a bickering about inheritance. I mean, woo! But he, Jesus, said to him, Man, who has made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Jesus didn't even want to get involved in that trash. And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Oh, that is rich. Yes. Come on, listen. Take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, when the Bible says, or, you know, when the Bible says, when Jesus says, take heed and beware, that means that you might slip into the sin without fully recognizing it. Take heed. It means be alert. Don't be deceived. Are you hearing me? So God tells us to be alert so we don't cross the line into covetousness or greed. Hebrews 13.5. Go there with me. Hebrews 13.5. You know that scripture, encourage yourself in the Lord? It works. Okay, um, Hebrews 13, 5. <laughs> because you're not always going to have someone there to encourage you. Right? All right, now, Hebrews 13, 5. Why did I say that? I have no idea. Someone needs to hear it. Probably me. Okay, Hebrews 13, 5. It says this. Let your conduct or your lifestyle be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh. Be, listen, let your conduct be without covetousness or greed. Be content with such things as you have. Why? Because you know what? For a Christian, one thing that really, the only thing that really matters is that I'm right between him. Don't allow covetousness and greed to dictate or control your life and actions. It is impossible to walk in the lo- walk in love and covetousness and gr- when greed and covetousness are present. Let me say that again. It is impossible to walk in love when covetousness and greed are present. Those two things will cause you to rely on your own efforts rather than on God's provision and help. Look at Hebrews 13, 6. So it got done telling us that our, uh, let our conduct be without covetousness in verse 5. Be content with such things than you have. And God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now verse 6 says this. So we may boldly say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. When there is no covetousness and greed, that is the only time that you will be able to say, that is the only time that you will be able to declare in faith that God is your helper. 
Let me say it again. When there is no covetousness and greed in your life, it is only then you will be able to declare in faith that God is your helper. And you know what that's called? Humility. Pride says I can do this on my own. I can do it on my own efforts, my own strength. Humility says I can't do it on my own. Uh, that's one of the biggest things when a person who hasn't come to Jesus Christ yet. It's all pride. Oh, I don't need Jesus. I'm a good person. I can do it all on my own. Well, it was pride that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. And has sealed his eternity in the lake of fire. That's company that I don't want to be in. And you shouldn't either. Amen? So don't allow worldly standards and possessions to identify your worth as a person. This world system always wants to do that. Well, you're a nobody if you don't have a 3,000 square foot house. You're a nobody if you don't have this kind of vehicle. You're a nobody if you don't have at least this much in your bank account. Don't let those things define your worth as a person. Are you hearing me? Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, he said, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses, which we read. Have you ever heard, uh, have, have you ever said or heard anybody who sees a rich person say, man, that's the life. That, now that is the life. We've all said that, haven't we? But No. Your life does not consist or isn't defined by the worldly things you possess. That is deception from Satan. That is deception. Now go to Luke 12, 16 through 21. I want to show you something here. Now hang in there with me. I'm almost done, all right? I know you don't believe me after all the other times I've said that, but just... All right, but that's all relative anyways, right? <laughs> Almost is a relative term. <laughs> all right, Luke 12, 16 through 21. All right. Then he spoke a parable to them, Jesus did, saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought with him in himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself that is not rich toward God. There's a sermon right there. Are you rich toward God? The rich fool was more concerned with laying up treasures for himself more than being rich toward God. You know, you know what the only thing that you and I are going to be able to take to heaven with us? Is more soul, more more people, spirits really, souls. You hear you hear me? 
sharing the gospel, leading people to Jesus Christ. You want to make God rich? You want to be rich in God? Win people to Jesus Christ. Think about it. That's the only thing that you'll be able to take with you. Maybe not at the same time. Right? But if they come to Christ, they'll be there one day. Right? Now, is it a sin to be rich? No. That's foolish to say. But it is wrong when greed, selfishness, and other things that would cause that wealthy Christian to sin and abandon their love walk toward God and toward others. Because covetousness and greed and all that is with that will cause a person to step on anyone and anybody to get what they want. Are you hearing me? Jesus said that we need to beware and take heed that we don't cross that line. Now, in the same context of the parable of the rich fool are the verses that command us not to worry. Say, I don't want to worry. Say, this thing is not my problem. And in that same context of this parable, God, it's, he said that God feeds the birds. And he talked about how we as, as humans, made in the image of God, are more valuable than animals. Think about it. I, I don't know about you, but if, when I've been out hunting or something like that. I've never seen a squirrel or a rabbit sit there and go, what am I going to eat next? What am I going to eat next? Right? Maybe on a cartoon, but you know. <laughs> oh, we have a Looney Tune lover over there. All right. All right. But think about it. We need childlike faith. Amen? In fact, Jesus wraps up his talk and at the end, and he tells us why we shouldn't be so focused on natural and earthly things. Luke 12, look at it here, verses 30 and 31. This is powerful. Take hold of this now. For all these things, all these earthly, worldly, natural things that want to throw you off course and apart from Christ, for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God. King, King James says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. I still, I, I don't believe we have truly, as a whole, in the body of Christ, have come to the point of, of really the childlike faith that God wants us to have. I, I just, if we really come to that place, we would be walking in the miraculous and miraculous provision like never before. I think we're going to come into it. But I don't think we're there yet. But Jesus said the world seeks after these things. And you, the Christian, the follower of Jesus Christ, he said, you simply need to seek the kingdom of God or God's will, God's desires. Make God's desires your desires. 
And he said, all these things you're seeking after, guess what? You're not going to run after them. He said, those things are going to come after you. Are you following that? Know what that tells me? If you're going to work for God, God's going to pay his help. Think about it. The question is, are you on God's payroll? Oh, man. Ooh, that's a good sermon title for next. Are you on God's payroll? Are you God's employee? Better, you're a child of the living God. Now that's powerful. It just really sunk in and just in my spirit here after I said that. Think about it. You won't have to be chasing after these things, but you do the will of God and these things are going to come chasing you. Oh my. Hold on. Let me try to find something real quick here. Okay, I found it, so I'll tell you where it's at. It's uh, Mark 10, Mark 10, 29 and 30. This just popped into my spirit here. Are you on God's payroll? Look at this. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold. Now, in this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, the kicker, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus is saying, if he's requiring something of you and you will simply walk in obedience, he's saying that thing you left for my sake, not your sake, for my sake, you're going to receive. You want to know why? Because you're going to be on my payroll. Because you're working for me. You're my ambassador. Mmm. Wow. God has given instructions to those Christians. What about those Christians who do have an abundance of riches, an abundance of money? They've made Jesus Lord of their life. God has given instructions to those Christians that have an abundance of earthly possessions and money. Go to 1 Timothy. And I'm going to close with this last scripture here. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 so maybe you're not at that place right now this kind of a person i'm talking to but you know what maybe one day you're going to come into this you are going to be blessed with these with riches and whatnot take heed take heed take heed to this scripture right here first timothy 6 17 through 19 it says command those don't say, it doesn't say suggest, does it? It says command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or prideful, 
nor to trust in uncertain riches. Boy, I think we found that out, didn't we, in the stock market and everything, huh? Not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Powerful scripture, isn't it? Let them do good. Let them be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. The key, lay hold on eternal life. In a nutshell, your obedience to the word of God as a Christian will allow you to overcome the pressures and temptations of the world. Come on. When you walk in love, you are overcoming the world. When you choose not to get discouraged by circumstances in the natural realm, you are overcoming the world. When you speak the promises from God's word in faith, you are overcoming the world. Are you hearing me? And we as Christians, we are called to impact the world by overcoming the world. Oh, let me say that again. Not to be like the world... We as Christians are called to impact the world by overcoming the world. Don't try to be a chameleon and fit in with the world system. No. They're finding out that it isn't bringing true peace and happiness and joy. What they're looking for something different. And that something different is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't try to fit in. And when... We let our light shine as Christians. Then we will draw the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God says this. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Amen. Don't try to fit in. Let your light shine. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Overcoming the world. Now, maybe there's someone in here you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. I'm telling you, hell is real. The lake of fire is real. Just as much as heaven is real. Many people want to believe in heaven. They don't want to believe in hell and the lake of fire. They're both real. And the one thing that will determine whether you go to one or the other is if you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life or not. And truly desire to obey him to obey him is to love him amen to obey him is to love him to disobey is to hate him if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life I want you to meet me over here by the drum set if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today you're you're saying you know Pastor James, I have no clue if I died right now. I don't have the assurance that I'd go to heaven. If that's you, quickly, you need to come up here and I want to pray with you. We need to rede- You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You need to get serious with Him. You need to take your eyes off of the natural, off of earthly riches, worldly things that are trying to throw you off course and come back in line with Him. Amen? Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. 
you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, it's a Bible experience, I want you to meet me by the drum set. I want to talk to you a moment and pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you need a physical healing, emotional healing, you just need prayer for something. Meet me over here. The rest of you, worship the Lord. Turn it up. Those of you online, if you have a prayer request, put it in the chat room. They'll write it down and bring it up to me shortly.
Requests online, they're getting ready to bring down to us here. Just worship the Lord as the music plays. Hallelujah. Overcoming the world. Overcoming the world. Boy, there must be a lot of requests. <laughs> Hallelujah.
anybody else, if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, you want to rededicate Holy Ghost baptism, Take healing. Me to the place where you are, where my burdens fall down at your feet, where your spirit comes to carry. due to breast cancer, which is gone now, but obviously there needs to be more of a healing. Uh, so in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for that grandmother right now, and we pray your total, complete healing. Whatever part of her body needs healed and be made whole, we loose that healing upon every part right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jason, he is a severe diabetic. He lost his eyesight kidney function, and other things that, um, okay, so kidney function and eyesight, total diabetes. I command that spirit of diabetes, that spirit of infirmity to come out in Jesus' name right now. Right now, I command Jason's kidneys to be healed. I command them to turn on right now. I command them to function properly in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Every chemical to be normal. I command the blindness to leave, every part of his eyes to be open, sight return, be healed, God touch him with your anointing, your glory and manifest presence right now, and that your fire would flow through every part of his body and burn away everything that's not of you, in Jesus' name. Uh, uh, Alexis is watching, and she needs direction for her life. God, I pray for Alexis that you would give her wisdom in the name of Jesus. Lord, the, the situation she's up against, I just pray that you would show her where to go, what to do, and that, Lord God, that you would just stir her up, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, that she will follow the Holy Ghost in everything. In Jesus' mighty name. Uh... Okay, there's an individual who's coming off of some medication for some mental illness and prayer against withdrawal symptoms. So, Lord, I pray that any harmful effect that that medication had upon the body would, would be cleansed right now, would leave, that there would be no withdrawal symptoms, no negative adverse effects in the name of Jesus Christ. Body, I command you to respond properly, function normally in Jesus' name. Shashi, you have another one there? Go ahead and run it up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. All right, someone wants to know how to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Well, very simply, ask. Ask, ask. So repeat this after me. You truly want it, mean this with your whole heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe 
that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It is that Jesus that I confess as Lord of my life. Heavenly Father, you said if I ask for the Holy Spirit that you would give him to me. I ask you now to fill me, baptize me, immerse me with the Holy Spirit and your power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you prayed that with with, uh, your whole heart, you have him. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. Well, God bless you. Thanks for watching today. Next Sunday, same place, revivalchristian.org. God bless. Amen. All right, that's it. Have a great week, people. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.